A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Gang, the one you never asked to be a part of. You are listening to The Grief Gang Podcast, the show dedicated to breaking down the taboos around grief, one conversation at a time, with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. This week's episode is a wonderful death dilemma episode. It is the episode where you, the Grief Gang community, share and write in your dilemmas, your queries, your questions all around grief and what you are going through. It's a very chatty, relaxed Imagine we're all huddled around on the sofa, just having a good old natter together and putting the world's wrongs to right. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. As I always say with these episodes, I am not a professional, nor am I qualified. I'm just somebody who cares. And I believe that a problem shared is a problem halved. And so I hope that this episode and hopefully uh, the conversation that we can have after this episode airs, when we talk about these dilemmas together online, um, can help the people who wrote in anonymously to feel a little bit less alone and that they have been heard and listened to. So without further ado, happy listening. Hello, hello, oh, hello. <laughs> I'm a bit croaky. Um, and welcome to this season's Death Dilemma episode. Now, the Death Dilemma episodes are the once in a blue moon when I remember to do a call out for them, <laughs> where I ask you, the Grief Gang community, to share with me your dilemmas. What's going on? What's going on for you in your life? What are some dilemmas you're going through, some problems, some queries, some general like sharings that 
are bothering you or you just want some friendly unsolicited but solicited because you've written in (laughs) advice on how to get through it and I always always give a disclaimer in these episodes before I start I'm not a professional as we know I've not got no doctorate I'm not a professional I'm not qualified but I am somebody who cares and somebody who wants to help a fellow grieving person out and I hope that these episodes feel and sound just kind of like if you were sat with a friend um and sharing this stuff with was like a bunch of friends all together listening in listening to one another's problems and trying to find the best way to comfort advise support these people um so that's what I give my best crack at um I think sometimes I give good advice maybe sometimes not maybe some things that you might not want to hear but that only comes from a place of I wish somebody might have told me that either hard truth or difficult truth um yeah so don't hate me I always I feel like whenever I say that I feel like I'm preparing you like I'm gonna put all these poor people on blast who have written in I don't I I try not to read the dilemmas too much we had quite a few come in and quite varied this time so I've only picked about um let me look about five because I want to keep these quite short and sweet as well that you can just pack into your day um so yeah I've got a good a good couple of more episodes out of the most recent call out that I did for Deaf Dilemmas so might squeeze another one in by the end of the season or might do a little bonus one like when we're on our season break in the new year who knows honeys all i know is i've got content okay and you will be all right with that (sighs) so shall we get into it i'm gonna go you know they always say eat your vegetables first is that the right you know you get the you get the hard one out the hard hitting one out the way you know eat your vegetables first is that is that the term someone let me know please My mum passed away seven months ago next week out of the blue from a sudden cardiac arrest. Since then, it's been constant arguing between me and my nan or my nan and my dad. There was a memorial service at the church where mum is buried two weeks ago and they read all of the names out. My nan had changed my mum's surname to her maiden name. When we questioned why, she said because my mum was her daughter and that was the name she gave her. She then caused a scene in front of everyone in the church. It was full, saying how she wishes my mum didn't marry my dad and that she hates him. I don't really know what else I can do and it's really affecting the relationships we all have. Me and my sister, who is 11, don't really want to go and see my nan and neither does my dad. Is there any advice you can give to get through this at all? Well, that's a lot. Um, I'm digesting that because I'm I'm imagining I'm imagining that church scene. So you said mum passed away seven, seven months ago and that's still obviously fresh. It's still really, really fresh in all of your lives and will be still feel really fresh for quite a long time it still feels really fresh that my mum died and that was six years ago I can like semi relate with this with the whole maiden name thing 
because my my mum and dad were married still at the time when my, when my mum died, but they were separated for a good like five years, but just never divorced. And so legally, my mum died a Jeffrey. Um, but when her and my dad separated, she started going by her maiden name, her, her, her surname, um, Valentine. So for the, the, for the five years before she died, when her and dad separated, she reverted back to, yes, her maiden name. But when she died, I don't really remember the ins and outs and whether it was even a conversation it was definitely a conversation I wasn't part of, but on my mum's gravestone, she's down as Jeffrey, Susan Jeffrey. And I think I remember seeing it for the first time and going, oh, more of a place of, I don't know she would have been happy um, because of how her and my dad split and her having the name on. But, it was complex and I think there were some complexities with it with my mum's dad, right? Um, that's just my random spin-off story that when I was reading that, that just kind of came to me in similar situations. But the, the fact that your nanny kind, you know, your parents, what I'm judging by this is that your parents were, you know, together at the time of your mum's death and, you know, they're happily together or not, they were together and they were married. And that nanny had no right to go and do that and to kind of, yeah, at the memorial service, read all the names out on my nan, changed my mum's surname to her maiden name. And that's just for your dad, just like another dagger to the heart and to then publicly exclaim that she did she didn't wish that your mum was with him and there is just so much pain already in your family and I'm not going to sit here and justify your nan's actions and what she's she's been doing or, or did and I've probably said this in other episodes we all grieve totally differently and sometimes we do wacky, wacky stuff and we go and do sometimes the most unfathomable things. And so whether this is your nan's way of trying to claim back a bit of control and a bit of her daughter, But then of what you're asking of, you know, you're struggling to have a relationship with her now, which is totally valid. I would struggle to, I mean, I, I struggle with the relationship with my, my grandfather, my mum's father. So I can totally relate to you on that, on that, on that complexities of trying to have a relationship with somebody who is, you know, an elder in your life, but they've done quite a bit of wrong. So... I, what I'm getting from that is that, you know, you're, you're potentially feeling the guilt of not having that relationship with her anymore. But as I said of, yes, grieving 
or we all do grief differently, right? We all do grief differently. And what your nan might be doing or has done might not make sense to you. And that's okay. And even if it doesn't make sense to you and it makes you feel upset and being in her presence makes you more upset than it does feel good, you do have every right to walk away and to put distance between you. Um, Just because people are, you know, hurting doesn't mean they get to blatantly hurt you. And maybe what your nan doesn't realize is that, you know, by her doing that, you know, to your dad and directly doing that to your dad, she's maybe trying to, you know, get your dad for some reason or, but she's subsequently hurting her grandchildren. Maybe she doesn't even know that. Maybe she does. She's just hurting inside and she's just acting out. And we often do look to like the elders in our life, right? And in these times of despair and and, and horror in our lives, and we kind of look to them as the, pardon me, <clears throat> the responsible adult and the guiding adult and the logical adult. And when they act wild, you go, what? Like, you're the one who's meant to have your shit together. And then as you grow up, you realize that nobody has their shit together. (laughs) But, and for your 11-year-old sister, you know, she might not understand the the full picture of what's going on, but she knows something's not right. But in a nutshell, I think to answer your question at the end of, you know, kind of any advice you can give to get through this at all, I think you, your sister and your dad need to band together. Um, this is obviously really hurtful for your dad. I can totally imagine this be really, really hurtful for him. And, you know, we all have a picture as well that kind of when somebody dies in our life that we might all band together and be like the closer than close family and whatnot. And sometimes that's not the case. Um, and so I think if being in your nan's presence, you know, have you spoken with your nan, at, you know, about this situation and how she's acting if so I'd highly advise to try and talk to her but by the sounds of it she may sound like a bit of a defiant woman so you can all you can do is on your side is to try and if not it's totally okay to put that distance between you and and guilt will probably follow guilt will probably follow that but you have to think of your mental well-being um that's what I had to think of when I put a lot of distance between myself and some of my mum's family members because as much as at some points the guilt ate me up of well you know I used to tell myself a lot of oh but that's her her, you know her this her that blah 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 like they're the only I kept I kept going like they're the only connection or long-lasting connection I've got to my mum and I was like actually no I've got many connections to my mum through other people and through myself and kind of releasing that codependency of holding on to toxic relationships just because I felt that they were a kinship to my mum saved my life I'll tell you that for free thank you for writing in and I'm really really sorry and if you want to discuss further please do because these are all sent in anonymous these are all anonymous ones um so if you do if you listened um do drop me a message if you want to elaborate more and we can talk a bit more La 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 la. What's next? Okay, next one. I hate being the only female left in my family. I'm finding it so lonely. 
I lost my mum two months ago, my grandma three years ago, and my great aunt 10 years ago. I'm now the only female. I'm anxious about navigating life as a 29 year old without a strong female role model. Hashtag hard relate, hard, hard fucking relate. Um, me and you, babes, we're now the matriarchs of the family. Oh, and it feels like a heavy load to carry, doesn't it? So I'm just going to take a minute. And I'm going to acknowledge you and resonate with you because totally for you there, honey. Um, yeah, and I hate it too. I hate it too. Being being at such a young age, um, the pair of us, for saying for myself, you know, some 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 young bucks, we are. Um, Although nobody, this is the part that I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. This is the part that when I think about this, like relating to my life too, of um, nobody has specifically put that onus on me or maybe you as well and us of like, you know, all the women before you have gone now and it is now up to you to hold this family together. I mean, one more so, this could, you know, this could be some like deep rooted internal misogyny for us as well. God, how I've grown. Um, of like, why do we feel that needs uh, being the the remaining woman in our lives, like to hold everything together when nobody's actually explicitly said like you need to hold of this all. But to more of your point of yeah, navigating life as a as a twenty nine year old without a strong female role model is fucking hard. It's hard. And if anyone has the answer, could you let me and this lovely lady know? <laughs> because. <clears throat> I'm in the totally same boat as you. It's um, look into the future and whether, you know, for any, for any woman and who identifies as a woman and kind of look into that and thinking, right, there will be these milestones, challenges, experiences in my life that I know I would really appreciate having a female role model in my life to help me navigate through that. And before these people died, it was just like a given. For example, very big example, if you want children um, and you kind of, you know, for me, I always look to my future of a time of when I would want children and I would always envision my mum being there to help me through it. Now she's not here that picture is very distorted of what that will look like for me of maybe having a child. So even maybe like my whole perspective on familyhood and motherhood has completely changed because of this seismic loss that I've experienced of, I don't know if I could be a mother without my mother. And that's a really scary reality. And just even in, not even in even like the big elaborate moments in life, even of just the smaller parts of everyday life when you just wish, you know, and you just wish you could just like bounce an idea off with, with them or just the small other things of that, of that close womanhood. Um, and I, do you know what as well? Like I feel it so much like when I'm with my dad's side of the family and like all my aunts, and my dad's female cousins and stuff like that. Like there is this strong, strong sense of womanhood and togetherness. And I love it. I just feel safe. I feel at home. And then like 
going to mum's side of the family, which is significantly smaller, <laughs> um, it feels really lonely and small and kind of like, yeah. And that's not a thing on my family there, but of just the, the clear lack of um, women in that side of the family now and like matriarchal women in that side of the family is so apparent. Um, and so I guess what kind of advice with this, and like if some, I'm trying to think, cause this is something that I'm experiencing too. And I wonder if me trying to give you some advice now can actually help me in turn, give myself some advice. I think whenever I, I actually, I remember doing um, shameless plug, I remember back, actually around this time last year, I did an interview for BBC Women's Hour and Emma Barnett, the host, she asked me a question and she was like, you know, it was kind of around this line of conversation of like, um, you know, being young and bereaved with that mother, like how do you navigate through it? And I said, and I, I think I was trying to be quite wise, you know, being on radio. And um, I said to her, what did I say along the lines of, I said to her along the lines of like, I can't, I can't avoid that these moments will, you know, upset me that, you know, not having this strong female figure in my life. But what I do in the moment is kind of really tap into all those morals and life lessons that all these women before me have taught me in the moments when I feel like I really need them most in the most blase of kind of ways. They, maybe blase is like a better word, but they've taught us a lot without potentially us even knowing um, or like explicitly knowing that this is a life lesson that I will carry. And that's in the morals and the life lessons and the things that we've seen them experience and how they've maybe persevered through challenges, how they've celebrated life, how they've looked at life and kind of, it's there, it's there already within. And sometimes it just takes a little bit more to tap into of knowing everything we need from them is already within. But then to not be on the other woo-woo side of like, well, yes, but also want them to be here to give me that reassurance as well. Hmm, interesting one that. I'm really thinking about, hmm, whether to do like a little, to do a little, I don't know, like a camp, not a campaign, but something about, matriarchal women in our lives okay I'm thinking out loud and I've actually got a podcast to record so park that for an idea now but thank you for writing in hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How do you manage a relationship and love while you feel so griefy? Woo! 
love and grief. What a concoction. I tell you that for free. Um, love and grief is hard. Love and grief is hard and it can sometimes make or break you. And I, I think I said the other day on a podcast or something, I was like, before I went through my loss and you'd see things on TV, I, I don't know, or you just read anywhere, you know, someone or some, something has experienced a, uh, a bereavement, celebrity wise, I don't know. And like kind of everything is falling apart like the partner the partners have split or something and I remember thinking like that's it just felt really alien to me of like well how can two people who love each other so much then go through something so so devastating and then split up like surely you'd come together and you'd band together and like you're united by this thing wow little naive pre-breathed amber you should have shut your fucking little trap shouldn't you because when it was my turn to roll the dice of death you know, um, my relationship really hit the rocks. Um, and it was hard and it was really hard. And I am actually, I am, I am, I am getting Joe, uh, my partner to come back onto the podcast and do a episode on relationships and grief again, because we did one back in the very early months of the podcast and he sounds like his balls haven't even dropped and we just have no idea what we're talking about because we're still probably very raw into the stages of grief. So we will come back and do uh, another episode on that. But how to manage it? Communication, babes, communication. It is key. If there's one thing that I wish somebody had told me back then, like with regards to love and to grief, is to keep the lines of communication open at all times. Even there were times right when I would I would obviously bottle stuff up from Joe because I knew that he wouldn't get it, and that hasn't changed. It hasn't changed at all. I know he won't understand it because he hasn't lived through this, thankfully. And so, but that shouldn't have resisted me and put a block in for me to talk to my partner, the person I spend a lot of my day with and want to spend the rest of my life with about what is going on in my heart and in my head alternatively as well though what I did what I feel was wrong and if any therapist listening you know you might disagree was that I I kind of realized that Joe will not be always my number one person who I run to when I need to talk about grief stuff or grief feelings he still knows about it he will he will end up knowing about it and what's going on but he won't always be the number one person that I go to because of what I just said of he doesn't get it and maybe is not the person that I need to, need not want to, need to unpack this with. So I might be more inclined when I'm feeling a bit griefy and like a lot's going on in my head of like, where can I unpack this shit? Where to go to? I might call up one of my really close grief friends, might call up Poppy, might call up my best friend, Emily. I might come on grief gang, kind of just write it out. I might write it out into my journal. And then once I've kind of gone to a place where I feel, I'm not going to say safe because that's not the word, but where I feel I can explore it with somebody who understands a little bit more, then can I go to him and not give him like the pre-packaged, like I've gone and done the work and here's what I'm feeling, but kind of 
I need to go and figure out what it is that I'm thinking before I can go to him and kind of be like, this is what I've been thinking lately. This is what I've been feeling. Um, And that thus far has really worked. (laughs) Whereas before I would kind of be like, well, he's, he's my, my, my partner. He's like my best friend. Surely he's the person who like, I'm going to confide in with, with all this stuff. And I would, and kind of, he would do his best bless him. But we both just knew like, I need something more. I need to talk to someone who does get it. And that's kind of where grief gang started really. Um, and so, yeah, I think to, to round that, to nutshell chapter summarize there, um, I would say you need, yeah, keep the lines of communication open, but you do need to find your places and people and outlets to like debunk that grief, to rip it apart and then to come to your partner and kind of, again, tear it apart and kind of, you know, does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, And let them in, let them in. That's what I'm going to say as well. Let them in on that because, um, you, you you end up both like fighting this invisible thing that will just tear you apart, tear you both apart. Um, and and so, and some relationships withstand that resistance, and some don't. But you you have to let them in, and they're not mind readers, so you do have to be vocal. Okay. Um. Okay. Negative friends who complain about everything currently living with one and I'm so resentful of how loud and dramatic she is <laughs> I'm seeing someone like walk around being really loud it's me I keep wanting to scream and say none of that matters why are you so insecure life is too short I've been best friends with her for 20 years way um I'm gonna start backwards here um, just because you've been friends for 20 years doesn't mean that it's, you know, a friendship that needs to go for another 20 years. I'm not saying that to the situation, but just in general of, um, I very much used to live with, oh, but we've been friends for over a decade or for this amount of time. Can't throw that down the drain or like, don't want this anymore purely because of the length of service to this friendship. Um, it doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean shit to be honest totally honest with you um you can be friends with somebody for two years and they will understand respect and nourish you and your friendship more than your friend of potentially 20 years um just because you met each other when you were three years old doesn't mean you need to be friends until you're 30 that's one of the hard truths (laughs) um but to go so just to answer that little point of that yeah there um so you're living with someone who is loud and dramatic. I keep wanting to scream and say none of that matters. Okay. What we've got a case of here is you've gone through something, you've gone through something like a, I'm going to presume like a death because you've wrote into the grief gang. Um, and your perspective on the world has completely changed. Your perspective on what matters and why it matters and what you want to do with your life has changed. And the menial shit in life no longer bothers you or enters your capacity and your realm and your mind frame. Um, and that's potentially great for you. It was great for me. It really put on some perspective goggles for me of what do I want to achieve from life and what do I want from it and who do I want in it as well. But what we have to understand and what I had to understand is that not everybody's wearing these goggles. 
not everybody's wearing these post-death griefy perspective goggles now because they haven't walked the path that we've walked through and been through the experience. So the things that really get them down or get them flustered and and dramatized may no longer make sense to you, but their world hasn't changed at all right so the things that yeah upset them to us might be like oh get a grip honey you're being so insecure please you know those are some thoughts that can run through our head but the big the big one here is we have to respect I'm gonna presume I'm gonna let's let's presume for argument's sake of no gmail piss off um (laughs) Sorry if you've just sent me an email. <laughs> just told you to piss off. Um, I'm going to presume that although this is a negative friend who complains about everything, you live together. I'm going to presume that potentially she is maybe supportive and is a good friend, and it's just a bit being a bit of a negative nail in your eyes, right? So, like I said, the big respect of. Although, yes, you may not be able to relate or even sympathize, like totally being that I would not sympathize at all with like my friends. Like, they'd be like, oh, we've broken up my boyfriend. I'd be like, give a shit, my mum died. Um, <laughs> but friendships work two ways. They do, don't they? And so although it might give take every might of you to try and, you know, muster up a smile or a sympathetic smile, empathetic and listening ear to your friend, try and well or whether this is a case of like the friend is you know bombarding you with all of her in your eyes menial shit and not making room to listen to your stuff that you've been going through then that's a different ball game but it's give and take in a friendship and kind of you could have the conversation with her if it is something that is really eating you up and is really affecting your friendship you know, you could open up the lines of communication with them and say, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky line to dance because, you know, I'm trying to think if I was in a situation kind of, because you don't, you, you don't really, you don't want to diminish them and be like, you know, when you bang on about how you look in this dress or this person that you're dating, like, I think it's really, you know, it could come across of like, I think your problems are less than mine. It can be a tricky line to dance. Um, so I would such I would still suggest having a conversation though. If this person's been your best friend of 20 years, right? I would like to think that your lines of communications are pretty open and that you have a strong bond when you live together as well. So um to try and open that up and kind of yeah. Oh God. Yeah. How would you even start that conversation? Ooh, that's an interesting one. But I think my biggest advice here is that regard, I think like you, you have to respect a little bit and try and try and try. I know it's going to be hard to try and understand a little bit of, right. I may not understand why they are so pent up and bothered and dramatic about this thing, 
but it's clearly bothering them, upsetting them. And as their friend, I need to meet them halfway in the middle and try and sympathize to the best of my ability. Of course, though, we don't want to be enablers to our friends and sometimes in their in their petty bullshit. And you'll know with your friend when it's time to go, honey, pick yourself off the floor. Stop being dramatic now. It's time to get on with life. Um, and that's where your griefy goggles will come into good use because you'll be like, honey, Things happen in life and you can pick yourself up and you can keep on moving. Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Keep it burning hot, y'all. That song's been in my head for a long time. Thank you for writing in. And <laughs> let's wrap this up. It's meant to be short and sweet. Okay. Mum and I had talked lots about her dying and putting plans in place. And her main concern about dying is that my four brothers and dad would all rely on me to do everything. And she was right. Now I'm struggling to manage my own life and also manage all of theirs. Any advice, please? Give their diaries back to them. <laughs> Plain and simple, honey. These are grown men. These are grown men, grown people. And this actually ties in quite well to that previous dilemma that was sent in about being the matriarch and being that, that leading role role model woman in the family life of, of maybe unintentionally taking on the responsibilities of everybody else and feeling like we need to hold everything together. It's not your responsibility. You know, the whole age old um uh, like anecdote analogy <laughs> I'm making up words now of you know you have to put your mask on first if a plane is going down right you have to put your they say put your mask on first before you go and put any dependencies on as well um because you can't help nobody unless you can't help yourself how can you not barely be juggling your own life and your own grief as well and then be juggling your dads and and your brothers as well these are grown men. And if they're not grown men, you know, we have to, we have to learn to be dependent on ourselves too, as well within grief. So you can't, you, you can't do this for the rest of your life. Can you, you can't, you can't juggle and hold everything for them. And this is not me saying to go and cut the cord at all. I'm not a ruthless bitch like that. <laughs> but like I said, you have to look after you before you look after anybody else. And it was clear your mum, your mum knew, obviously it's what your mum said, you know, her main concern was that Oh, Jesus Christ, I just saw that you said four brothers. That's a lot of people, babe. Five people to juggle, like their diaries, their life, their feelings, their... I think you need to meet in the middle somewhere. Um, is this a thing of like they're, they're asking for you to... Are these brothers big, like older, and or are they little? Obviously, if they're little, I'm not going to say give the diary back to a five-year-old. But um, is there a way that you can sit down with dad and brothers if they are a little bit older and be like, where can we meet in the middle and where can you help me? Where can we work together collectively to support one another and it not just be all on me? Because... I can't hold it all. And eventually you'll crack and you'll crumble and you'll fall down. And then they'll be looking and being like, ah, the person who was holding our life together has now crumbled. What do we do? Like in a way, by you doing everything for them, whether that's physically, emotionally, whatever it is, um, almost in a way sets them up 
for difficulty ahead. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that you're a bad person for it at all, because that is almost intrinsically, I think, what is put into us of to protect and to and to to hold everybody. I did it. I did it when when my great aunt died around this time last year. By the time this episode comes out, um, I took on that role and I thought. I need to start doing like the meal plan, right? You know, all stuff like that. You just intrinsically kick into gear and actually realizing I can't, I actually can't take this all on. I can't take this all on. I can't, I can't hold everything together for everybody. And it's, it's not a thing overnight of clicking fingers and dropping everything. There needs to be balance and, and communication between you, your dad and your four brothers of where we can meet in the middle and where they can support you. You know, has anybody asked you, are you okay? How are you doing after mum's died? Put your needs and your wants first, because I tell you what as well, when you do that, you will then be able to look after them a lot better as well, or better, or even, you know, at some different kind of capacity. So that's my advice for you. And with that, I'm going to close. Um, it's been 40 minutes and I was hoping to make this a fucking 20 minute episode. But you know me, love to chat. Um, so thank you so much for joining me on this Death Dilemma episode. As always, if you would like to write in one of your Death Dilemmas, please do email me at, what is my email? Thegriefgang at gmail.com. That is thegriefgang at gmail.com. Or you can drop me a DM. Ideally, I'd like email because I can keep them all logged in there. Um, And yeah, I hope this episode was useful, insightful, a little bit just feeling chatty. You know, I hope you've got a bit of a cup of tea with you right now. Um, (laughs) And you feel like you're with the girlies and the guys hanging out, putting all the world's wrongs to right. Um, And yeah, I will see you next week because we're we're dipping into the christmas season now aren't we oh dear but anyway big love and thanks for listening and all your support bye thank you for tuning into this week's death dilemma episode that was an interesting one wasn't it lots of very different ones that was only like a percentage of the dilemmas that were sent in so thank you to everybody who wrote in today and for those who did write in but i didn't manage to read out i will get round to them and i have saved them all for another episode um we're now going into december means dreaded christmas is upon us so the foreseeable now episodes all be a little bit festive themed just to give you some support and some tips and some advice just to help you get through this festive season um so big love and i will see you next week Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 